Amen. Thank you, worship team. Let's pray together as we open God's word this morning. Father God, it is a powerful thing to declare that we can't wait to join the angels and sing. Father God, the things that you have in store for us in eternity are real. These aren't just stories, this isn't just myth, and we're not just dreaming. God, you have promised us that we will be with you forever. And even though we can't understand what that means, God, through the life of Jesus, we see the depth of relationship you desire for us. And you give us a glimpse of what that is going to look like. And God, we hope, we pray, we know, we trust that you will be faithful. That whatever it is you have in store for us, that God, it was good because you are good. God, we pray for these things. We sing about these things. We declare these things. And God, we want to trust and know that you will be faithful to this. Father God, as we turn to your word this morning, we want you to speak. We invite you to speak. We want to be challenged. We want to grow. We want to learn and know you more deeply. That we can follow you a little more closely. And share you a little more fully in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, despite your protests that it isn't fall yet, summer is coming to a close. As much as we don't want it to, maybe some of us are excited about fall. Some of us are fall people, I suppose, and that's allowed. You're wrong, but that's allowed. (laughs) The leaves are starting to turn and kids are going back to school. My kids are going back tomorrow and some maybe a little bit later in the week. Lessons and music lessons and sports programs and all of the normal parts of life are going to get started all over again. And there starts to be a little bit of structure and schedule again to life after summer where things kind of float around a little bit more and we're not really sure what day it is sometimes. And Sometimes it's even more busy with between trips and holidays and camping and stuff like that. But a little bit of structure is good. It's a change, it's, it's settling back into things, and that's good. That's okay. That's healthy. These are good things, as busy as it all can be. As many pieces of it as it can feel like we're trying to balance, normal is good. And it brings with it all kinds of opportunities for us to put into practice the things that we've been talking about this summer. The disciplines and and habits that we've been trying to build. Our theme for this summer has been pray. We've been looking at the different things that we pray about, the different ways that we pray, and what God is inviting us into in prayer. It's been an amazing journey. It's been a wonderful challenge and encouragement. Prayer is life. It's breath. It's the source of relationship. It's God Himself calling us to Himself. It's the Father calling us. It's the Son standing with us, 
praying over us. It's the Spirit prompting us, praying through us. It's the deepest of experiences of relationship with God given to us. That we can know Him. That we can experience Him and be forgiven and transformed by Him and then share Him. Prayer is everything. It's a gift. And it's something that we should be hungering for with everything that we are. And so we set a little goal this summer. Scripture calls us to pray without ceasing. That every breath should be a prayer. Every moment of our day should be moving in rhythm with God. A constant conversation And we pray that it is. We pray that it is true for ourselves. But we also set this this little goal that while we do want to be praying throughout our day, we also want to build a discipline of intentional, focused prayer in our lives. And so we wanted to take 10 minutes a day to stop. To put everything down. And focus. And pray to speak and to listen. How have you found that time? How has it been? What have you experienced? Have you heard God speaking? How have you grown? How has He spoken to you? What has He said to you? Has He answered you? The things that you've been putting before him, how has he responded? Have you had a chance to share those things with someone? To share your journey, the things that God is doing in your life? These are important things for us to be digging into because they are life-changing things. We are physical, spiritual beings living physical, spiritual lives. And if we are not feeding and caring for our physical, spiritual selves, connecting to our Father, then we are going to find that we are empty and spent and lost. Prayer is life. Jesus is life. And He is inviting us to connect with Him. And if this is the first that you're hearing of this, maybe this is your first week here. Welcome. Love to meet you. Shake your hand. But if this is the first you're hearing about it, or if you've just struggled to find that time and pushed off maybe chance after chance to start this journey, then start today. Once again, it's not a race. It's not a contest. It's a journey. And it starts with one step. Today, this evening, this afternoon, take those 10 minutes and try and then tomorrow and then again the day after and again the day after and at first it might seem like an impossibly long time 10 minutes is nothing when you're doing something super distracting and fun and when you're trying to focus and really do something it is an impossibly long time 30 seconds in Your mind will be racing with everything you've ever heard of. 
Every distraction and responsibility you could even imagine will be flooding through your mind in that first 30 seconds. And then after that, you'll pray for every person you've ever even thought about in your entire life in the next 30 seconds. And then you'll have no idea where to go from there. And you'll fidget. And you'll start going crazy and you'll check your watch and all of a sudden it's been all of a minute and a half. We are so task-oriented and so easily distracted and that's why this is such an important practice to take that time to sit, to listen. That time itself is not a race or a contest. It's not even a goal to achieve. But if those muscles have never been tested, it will take time to settle in. Again, for myself, I find that writing out my prayers can be a very helpful practice because I write a lot slower than I think. And it forces me to slow down to think about the words that I'm using, to take that time. But there's so much to just silence too. Listening, letting Jesus be present with you there. It can be hard to start, maybe even impossible. But do it today and again tomorrow and the day after that and again and again and again and let God fill you more and more with a hunger for those times. Because we were designed for it, created for it, and we need it. Amen? Amen. But this morning we're going to look at another aspect of prayer. As we're coming to the end of this journey, Pastor Scott is going to be wrapping up this series next week, and then we're going to step into the fall with, again, some of the exciting things that God is calling us into. But this morning, we're going to look at another aspect of prayer, an important aspect of prayer. And in fact, in a sense, in many ways, it is the foundation of all these other things that we've been talking about this summer. Praying for wisdom. Turn with me this morning to 1 Kings chapter 3. We're going to read together the story of a king who talked with God. God gave him a dream and a vision, and God gave him within that the opportunity to ask for anything he wanted, a gift from his heavenly Father. And he asked for very much the right thing, 1 Kings chapter 3. Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And married his daughter. He brought her to the city of David until he finished building his palace and the temple of the Lord and the wall around Jerusalem. The people, however, were still sacrificing at the high places because the temple had not yet been built for the name of the Lord. Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the instructions given him by his father David, except that he offered sacrifices and burned incense at the high places. The king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for that was the most important high place, and Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And God said, 
Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this, so God said to him, since you have asked for this, not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that you will never have any, so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your life you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. And Solomon awoke and he realized it had been a dream. He returned to Jerusalem, stood before the ark of the Lord's covenant and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. And then he gave a feast for all his court. God himself told Solomon to ask for anything he wanted, and God would give it to him. And Solomon asked for wisdom. It's an incredible moment. It's a moment of great Maturity, this young man, a mere child, as he calls himself, doesn't ask for wealth and power, doesn't even ask for safety and health, for fame or glory. He asks for wisdom, wisdom to lead and shepherd God's people well. Is that what you would have asked for? You've just become king or queen. Your father, David, has survived multiple attempts on his life and his rule. He was under threat for years. You watch this happen. Your father running for his life. His own son trying to take the throne from him. And now he is anointed you king in his place. Where have you, would your mind have gone in that moment if God had asked you, what do you want? But Solomon somehow understood the responsibility that he had been placed before him and he said, who is able to lead this great people of yours? He saw his own weakness. 
the task of leading the people of God was too great for any person. So he asked for wisdom to lead God's people well. And God was so pleased with his answer that not only did he promise Solomon that wisdom, but he would give him all the things he didn't ask for too. Wealth and power, health and life, displaying his glory through Solomon and his rule and his people and showing the world the power of God through that. As he had done with his father David. It's an incredible gift. Our God is so gracious and generous and He lavishes His love on us. And if we will submit, if we will obey and seek Him, He has so many good things in store for us. He doesn't just simply promise us worldly things, wealth and riches. He gives those things as He wills to achieve His purposes. But His presence, His love, His purpose and mission and desire for relationship with us, He gives generously and freely as we seek Him and seek His wisdom. God wants us to pray for wisdom. But what is that wisdom? Is it just making good decisions, making the right choices, being just Good and fair, just, leading well. Wisdom helps us to do all those things, but wisdom is so much deeper than that as God reveals over and over in His Word as He describes what that means to us. God granted Solomon wisdom, and Solomon tells us what that wisdom looks like. He had received this gift from God, and He wrote down for us what that meant. He wrote the book of Proverbs, a book filled with wisdom. And so this morning we're going to read the book of Proverbs together. Proverbs 1, 1, okay, maybe not. But you should sit down with the book of Proverbs. God gave him this incredible gift and he wrote these things down for us. There's a reason that every monastic and contemplative tradition in the history of Christianity has fed themselves on a daily diet of the Psalms and Proverbs. They added in other scripture on top, but those two books were seen as the beginning of a relationship with the Word. And every great leader in God's kingdom talks about with their relationship with those two books. Every day, Psalms and Proverbs. Because it's in there that we find the heart of God and the wisdom to approach the rest of Scripture. And in Proverbs, Solomon tells us what the wisdom God gave him helped him to understand what it looked like. And he said, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, he says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Knowledge of God is understanding. 
Wisdom is not just making good choices. Wisdom is submission to God. Wisdom is not just being clever or smart, knowing lots of things. It's putting God in His right place. And then allowing ourselves to be put in our right place. It's putting God on His throne, in His kingdom, in our lives, in our hearts, and then bowing at His feet, submitting to Him, worshiping Him, glorifying Him, and letting Him put everything else in its proper place. When God is on His throne and we are knelt before Him, we can begin to find wisdom. Paul talks about this in his letter to the Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1. He says, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Now listen to this. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. He's talking about the wisdom he hopes for them to have. The eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength He exerted when He raised Christ from the dead and seated Him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but in the one to come. And God placed all things under His feet and appointed Him to be head over everything for the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills everything in every way. That is the power of God's wisdom that He wants us to know. His power that raised Jesus from the dead and set Him over everything forever. He is God. And He reveals God to us, showing us His Father and giving us His Spirit that we can know Him. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know Him and have seen Him. Wisdom is the knowledge of God. And Jesus has revealed God to us. If we know Him, we know His Father. And He lived with us. He taught us. He walked with us. Showed us His power and His love that we would know Him. That we can follow Him and live in wisdom and life. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And in Him we know His Father. 
and we receive the wisdom that God desires for us to know. Spirit of wisdom allows us to know God better because when we know God better, everything gets put in its proper place. Our lives are set in order before Him, under Jesus. And we begin to see what He means us to see and live as He designed us to live, making choices in line with His will, making decisions, big and small, to bring Him glory and reveal Him to the world around us because He is God and He is worthy. Over and over, Scripture calls us to pursue wisdom, to seek wisdom, to pray for wisdom. David, Solomon, Jesus, Paul, God wants us to know His wisdom and to understand that His wisdom is the foundation of our life with God, found in Him and given by Him. We need to pray for wisdom and believe That God has something in store for us and the way we pray can have an impact on that. If wisdom is putting God in His proper place and kneeling before His throne, then we should kneel when we pray. Again, we are physical spiritual beings, and the posture of our bodies connects to the posture of our hearts? Are we putting ourselves in a posture of worship, of submission when we pray? We can pray in any way, but are we posturing our bodies in a way that is helping us to submit? Are we being intentional and focused when we pray? What's that space like? Or do we have 15 screens on and we're just kind of slouched there and we say, hey God, what's up? It's not magic. It's not a formula. And again, we're called to pray without ceasing and that means when we're slouched on the couch too or laying in bed. But our posture can have a huge impact. And if wisdom is submission to God, then we need to submit in our prayer life, spiritually and physically. As a part of our practice and discipline, God wants us to pray for wisdom, and the way we pray matters. But God is generous, and He is gracious, and He knows our weaknesses and our struggles and our distractions and our failures, and He loves us still. James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. God wants us to receive His wisdom. He wants to give to us generously. He wants you to ask and to believe that He is faithful, that He will give you what you ask, what you need, that He will show Himself to you, that He will help you see, that He will grant you wisdom. 
Wisdom to follow Him. Wisdom to live a life that reveals and reflects Him. Wisdom to show the world around you the love of Jesus. Wisdom is the knowledge of God. It's putting God in His proper place and us in our proper place and then everything else falls into place. When we switch that around and put ourselves on God's throne, everything breaks. But when God is on His throne and we are at His feet, we will find the beginning of wisdom. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the humility of Solomon. The gift that he asked for, God, was wisdom from you, wisdom to lead well. And Father, you granted him that wisdom and he wrote these incredible things for us to study and know and understand, to memorize, to fill our hearts and our minds with, God, that we can know you too. We thank you that you are such a kind and generous Father, God, that you don't want to withhold from us. You want to pour out your wisdom on us. Pour out your Spirit on us, God, that we can be connected to you, that we can know you. Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son, that in Jesus we can know you and see you. And God, as we do that, we begin to understand wisdom. Father God, we want to live a life that reflects you. We want to live a life that reveals to you. And so, Father, we submit to you. We, God, we want to place you on your throne. We want to kneel before you. We want to put you in your proper place, God, that everything else can be put into place. Help us, Father, to submit. Forgive us, Father, when we fail. And show us again your wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.